Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So, three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Phone via 24 monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com. When it comes to working at GEICO, our best advocates are our employees, like Maxine. But since she is so focused on growing her career, we hired an actor to read her story. At GEICO, I love mentoring the new associates to help them make this a career and not just a job. And with new opportunities and job stability, GEICO has been helping people grow their careers for over 75 years. The only downside, she still hasn't met the gecko. Where are you, fella? Ready to start your career, Kansas City? We're hiring claim sales and service agents. Apply online today at geico.job slash Kansas City. You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Kaiju Curry House, the fortnightly podcast that gives you a healthy dose of kaiju goodness every other Monday, except during COVID-19, where we're doing our best to give you weekly content to help keep you sane. Today I'm joined with my go-to guy for cryptozoology, Mr. Joe. Howdy there, folks. And the man who loves Megalon, Alex. (laughs) Hello everyone. Happy birthday to us. I think that as of the 7th of April, we passed uh, one year, didn't we? We did. Boom. Yep. One so year. we've been running for... Oof. Yeah. We haven't so, got rid of us yet. No. It's good. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening and, and yeah. sticking around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. so, today gents, we are discussing Gorgo, a British classic from the 60s. But before we get into that, we have to talk about our favourite segment, what have Kaiju been up to? So, Alex, what have Kaiju been up to? Well, I have been continuing my mission to play as much of the Criterion Collection as possible because I was adamant that I wasn't just going to let it get dusty on the shelf. So (laughs) the next one in line after playing Julia... Uh, Godzilla vs. Hedera, I played her Godzilla vs. Gigan, 1972. So we sat down and watched that, and I think her exact words were cheesy as hell. (laughs) Not wrong. But thoroughly thoroughly enjoyable. However, she did comment at multiple times that she could see how it's pretty much Mystery Science Theatre fodder. and the stock footage was laughable she clocked very quickly that there is a use of stock footage because there's several points with king jidora ways is it nighttime is it daytime and you know he gets his neck stamped on but that's actually she was like oh why is it why is it daytime i thought they were fighting at night oh that, that that's footage from 1968 destroy all monsters but you know who's gonna notice that and yeah so she, so she enjoyed <laughs> well. it but it was very cheesy <laughs> yeah exactly but the the standout for her interestingly she said that angerus was a pretty solid player and uh, yeah i think angerus is good thoughts okay that's good he was a solid player when i think of godzilla versus guy again i think of corn guy corn guy <laughs> yes yes this- um, so when one of them well when the main character kind of is holding the tape and he's 
met by two of the other main characters. One guy kind of stands behind him and he faints because he thinks that the attacker has a gun when in fact it's a corn the cob wrapped in tin foil. Oh, <laughs> yeah, now I remember. As you do. <laughs> As you do. As you do. Yeah. Uh, however, yeah. You've, re- you've reminded me though, uh, Joe, because the of thing... sexism? There's um, lots of sexism in this movie too. I, I do not know what you mean, Joe. What parts have sexism in it in a Godzilla film? I'll take Mamagon for uh, <laughs> an answer there. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes. Um, the... That poor woman gets picked up, picked on so badly. <laughs> so the main character in Godzilla vs. Gigan is a comic book artist and he draws his girlfriend as being this sort of terrifying monster right down to her um her kind of checkered dress as the, being the thing she's always wearing yeah it's yeah. kind of it, the cost i mean it was kind of funny because you can tell that like costumes and costume changing wasn't a thing because they all were the exact same get up the entire way through the film it's like watching uh scooby-doo's gang like they're always dressed in the <laughs> same thing yeah what's going on here well, it's easier. They don't have to worry about deciding. However, as opposed to the main lady in Creature from the Black Lagoon, Julia was counting how many costume changes there are for her. And it was well over 12 <laughs> she'd clocked. She's like, wow, she's got a pretty decent what? wardrobe. Yeah. And that, that, that's, that's, your, that's your segue, Joe. What have you, Kai, you been up to? Well, uh, strangely enough, I sat down with my significant other and we watched both The Creature from the Black Lagoon which is kind of like a, a rite of passage if you're going to be around me now. And um, after that, we just finished up The Shape of Water this evening. And in my mind, I know I've said it before, but I like to think of A Shape of Water as a spiritual sequel to Creature from the Black Lagoon. And both were actually hits. Uh, she was pleasantly surprised at how well done Creature from the Black Lagoon was. And... A Shape of Water, the fish man with uh, a regular woman was kind of, it was, I mean, it was a leap, but it was a, it was a leap she was okay, you know, to suspend her disbelief on. Yeah. So we got through that. She said it, she said it was, it wasn't Tarantino weird, but it was just (laughs) delightful enough that she got through it. So I was like, okay, okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, In other news. I also have acquired a projector, and it was one of those little wireless ones and whatnot, and it was great because it came with apps on it. It runs on Android, and there's a reason why I'm bringing this up now. It isn't because I plan on watching kaiju films on this. It actually came with a preloaded app. It was just called Old Movies, and the giant claw was actually already loaded up there. That's (laughs) cool. yeah right giant claw it was kind of scary for a second though because it opened up and it didn't say the giant claw it had its german title and i was i was watching it because i kind of wanted to see where it went from there because watching the giant claw in any other language would be hilarious really i wanted to see how many times i could i could decipher whether or not they were saying battleship in a different language but anyway um no it came through in english despite having a german uh title and uh it was really fun good times but uh the things that i get up to in my spare time (laughs) don't need to know anyways (laughs) yeah yeah right (laughs) alex yes good sir yes have we one more person to ask 
We do. Yes, sorry. Where are my manners? Um, good grief. Paul, what have Paul. Kaiju, the man, been up to? The myth, the legend, the, the chairman, <laughs> the chairman of the board himself. The chairman. Yes, we'll call you that. Cha- chairman Paul. Ah, oh, the chairman. Chairman yeah. Paul. Hmm. I welcome that title. Thank you very much. Mm. <laughs> I also Master P. <laughs> Master P. <laughs> I also didn't want my um, Criterion collection. He's the most valuable Paul. <laughs> MVP. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for this. He's, he's not used to all this uh, this this glamour and fame, is he? I'm not. No. 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 I'm I'm but a humble man. Please. Cr- criter- <laughs> criterion collection. Go on. Criterion collection. Also, I didn't want it to gather dust like yourself. So Trouble too. I, he's brilliant. I've decided to make use of it. Um, I haven't properly sat down and watched anything, but my wife and I have started to do a thing where every weekend we'll take it in turns to have a lion, which seems fair because, you know, kids and lack of sleep. I so, mean, that's a kaiju in itself, isn't it? What, my a wife? Lion. That is, oh. a, that is a str- No, no, <laughs> no, no, good grief, no. Wow. <laughs> no, uh, ha- having, a, having a lion, I mean, like, you know, it's it's an urban legend. The mythical yeah. beast, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I... um. I said, right, you know, I'll, I'll wake up early. I'll, I'll take the kids downstairs, keep them entertained. Um, and rather than, have, you know, put on Peppa Pig or Dougie, I thought, you know what, I'm going to stick on a Godzilla film and just let them play. And if they show an interest, great. If not, yeah. fair, you know. Yeah. So I put on Godzilla vs. King Kong. Yes. As, as a, just as a choice in the background. And my youngest, who's about 22 months, absolutely loved it. Oh, that's and good. It, it warmed my heart that whenever Godzilla screamed, not screamed, he roared, sorry, my little little one would kind of scream and run over to the TV to watch him. Ah, oh, that's nice. And it's good. And he would go, rah. Yeah. Wow. So, he, he, yeah. Um, and then later on, he was actually playing with a cuddly orangutan going, rah. I'm assuming he was pretending <laughs> he was King yeah. Kong. But uh, it was it was so good to see. Uh, I'm just hoping. So every uh, every weekend, every other weekend when I'm with them now, I'm just going to yeah. put a Godzilla film on, and yeah, then they can choose to watch it if you know if they I mean, want to. You do realise that you've got sort of subtle potential manipulation here because you can say to your no, wa- I, I can gone you first. I thought you meant manipulating my children by putting it on. No, you're not going to watch Peppa Pig. It's, it's more that you can Godzilla. say to your wife, "Hey, yeah, you, you fancy a quiet night? You do know that actually the other day when I played Godzilla vs King Kong, they were very calm and quiet. <laughs> I'm just saying, rather than watching that rom com, we could in fact watch this. Oh, is that so? What <laughs> film is that? Oh well, didn't you know? This is Godzilla vs Megalon. It's one of the greatest films ever made. <laughs> so I've- actually, actually, this sounds like a great. This sounds like a great idea. So hear me out. Like I'm just brainstorming yeah. here. Yeah. Movie night roulette with the significant other. Okay. Oh. So you have you have like three movies, two movies, whatever. One of them, like you've taken like the little piece of paper out of like the slip case, yes. like yeah. it's a DVD, yeah, yeah. so you can't see what it is. Okay. This is probably the only way long term I'll get mine to keep watching my movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it just, you know, like if you can't decide, you know, because surely there's like a rom com, a comedy, yeah, yeah, yeah. an action movie, like whatever. Range. Yeah. 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 But, you know, like, of course, yeah. But the roulette one could be like the one that nobody was expecting. And I, I would totally like slip in. Yeah. Paul, Paul's going to yeah. slip in like yeah, Tremors 8. Tremors <laughs> <Charles> 8. <laughs> 
Piranha, Piranha 3D, I'd put in. Piranha. Piranha 3DD. <laughs> oh, just 3D. 3DD. <laughs> well, yeah, she could pick one of her films that I wouldn't like. I can do the same and yes. maybe we'll end yeah. up enjoying it. Who knows? It'd be worth a giggle, wouldn't it? it... We might give that a go, Joe. <laughs> Speaking of uh, other what have Kaiju's been up to, like in, in news, I don't know if you saw that uh, new X plus figures. Did anyone catch the 1993, um, which I think is Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla, the the new X plus thirty centimeter line? Anyone, guys? No one. No. Okay, moving on. The suit des- the suit designs kind of blend together at that point. I did see it though. One's kind of greeny, glittery more than the other. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. And one's had the Twilight treatment and the other one's just sort of standard. Oh, they've done a few, have they? Yeah, well, the the Rick version is basically just kind of like, a, as, as Joe says, like sort of a shimmery green kind of glisteny look because he's super powered. And then the other one is just sort of like standard um, black Godzilla. But the trouble is with quite a few of the high sci okay. era Godzillas... I'm not kind of specific enough in my nerd level knowledge to be able to tell apart, say, the 1991 that you've got, uh, Paul. I think it's the 91 from the 90. 90- Mine's a 68. Oh, sorry, no, you Godzilla. Godzilla because it didn't. Yeah, my Godzilla's 92, but yeah, it could be anything from the 90s, really, couldn't it? That it's like, oh, apart from burning Godzilla, they're all pretty similar. They're all kind of well, he's he's, yeah. he's a beefy lad. He, you know, he's he's been doing the weights, and <laughs> yeah, he's quite slick. I think the Biolante one is the only one that's truly indistinguishable from the rest of those suits. Would you say he has kind of like a more of a caddish experience, uh, yes. expression to his face, and he's also like jet black, isn't he? Isn't... Yeah, eighty four is too. To be oh, fair, yeah. fair enough. 84, 84 is the one that you pick out of the lined up immediately. Mm. Was there an April Fool's Godzilla model released, like shown on Twitter? I have a feeling a Ghidorah, or did I imagine that? I can't. I I didn't see that. But what what did tickle me was that I've been following and listening to Gargantua cast, and on April Fools, admittedly, most Twitter accounts were like fairly generic and fairly obvious. But uh, Gargantua cast said that after long discussion, their content creators had agreed that they're going to solely be doing podcast episodes uh, dedicated to the the women of kaiju movies. It was going to henceforth be called Gargantua Girls, which I thought was quite fantastic. And there was like a decent kind of thread developing of people suggesting kind of what episodes they would do it on. And it, it wasn't that clear that people were clicking that it was, you know, just goofing around. So it was good. Yeah. Um, what other things have people spotted on? Oh, no, sorry. I, f- I found it. Oh, Here it yeah, is. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's SH Monster Arts. They teased a Ghidorah figure, but it was actually just an April Fool's. It was a repaint of a bootleg. All right. And apparently lots of people fell for it. All right, cool. Very good. Shall we um, attack Gorgo? Should we do it? Should we crack this uh, this case open? Yeah, let's do it. Gotta be par- careful with Gorgo. If you're not careful, something bigger or better will come along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So spoilers, we will be talking in so, depth. So, Gorgo, can I introduce this film, seeing as um, You can, I mean, uh, which which yeah, go Gorgo? Ahead. Is it Gorgo, um, Queen to Leonidas? Leonidas? There's Gorgo and there's Orgra. Mm, oh. But you don't mean Queen of Sparta? Because Leonidas' wife no, no, was no, no, Gorgo. No. Yeah. She was. If it was, I watched the wrong film. You get that when you're a kaiju nerd and you look it up on Google. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, you're looking up... Like, if you look up Gorgo pictures, all you're going to get... Is Lena Headley? Lena is yeah, exactly. You're 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 not gonna get <laughs> yeah. some ogre goodness. No. You're no. not. I don't know if it's ogre or agra. Hmm. We're gonna go with ogre. Uh, uh, let's let's do this. Introduce the film. Go on. Yeah. So Gorgo, uh, if you were ever going to think of a 
British kaiju, kaiju classic, it would be the 1961 Gorgo film, which we were talking about tonight. It is directed by Eugene Laurie, who also directed Beasts from 20,000 Fathoms, which is really funny because some of the folks at Toho credit that as inspiring Godzilla. And Eugene Laurie saw Godzilla and he was like, hey, I'm going to make Gorgo. So it's kind of like a circular origin there. Anyways, um, the plot is essentially a couple of guys, wreck divers, find a sea creature and it is the titular monster. They capture it, they take it, and basically they parade it through London and they kind of make a zoo attraction out of it. So turns out this enormous, violent, angry-looking creature is just a wee little baby. And its mom goes looking for it, essentially. And because they transported this thing by boat and they had to keep it wet, the runoff from the baby Gorgo kind of left a trail for the mother to follow right into central London. So Mama Gorgo comes, she's pissed, nothing stops her, and then she gets her baby and they walk off into the sunset. More like the morning, anyways. But um, it's a fantastic film. Uh, Eugene Laurie is a pretty decent director. And the film has a lot to add, um, especially the fact that uh, it's quite lovely in color. And the special effects hold up pretty well, honestly. What do you guys think? I don't like the guys. They're very... Um... Well, they're just um, out to get money, aren't they? They're out for a quick buck. Yeah. But everyone seems to be at the start of the film. Apart from the kid. The kid's much, good. We like the kid. The kid he's, he's much less annoying than Kenny. So, I mean, that's always a plus. <laughs> but Kenny was amazing. <laughs> Kenny Kenny was, yeah, was amazing and death-defying. But this kid, this child was um, much less annoying. And he just, he just wanted what was best for the creature, didn't he? And that was nice. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Solid kid. Good kid. Solid kid. Good kid. While all the grown-ups are just trying to get gold and wreckage and stuff. Yeah, well, they learned their lesson, didn't they? They <laughs> did. They did. So the film also starts off in Ireland. Um, I guess you could say that Gorgo is technically an Irish monster. However, it gets taken to London. So yeah, I, I don't know how we split that, but you know, it definitely trashes London. Well, the volca- there's a volcano, isn't there, that comes up from the sea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess, that, and I guess. Was he in the volcano, or it's it's split open the seabed, and they've they've come out from deep in the earth? I'm I'm not quite sure where they came from. They but woke they... up, you know. They they kind of, they kind of woke up. Yeah. yeah, they just woke up, did they? Okay. Yeah. If we knew where they came from, I mean that that would be a sequel in and of itself, right there. Where, there when we did you first see it, uh, Joe? A long time ago, Be- in a country far, far away. Yeah, because <laughs> I I remember when we first met over Facebook and we're chatting about uh, various um, ways that we could kind of like search for a mascot for UK kaiju fans. And I was saying, ah, British kaiju, I don't know. And you were like, well, Gorgo. And I'm like, what? What's that? And then sure enough, you were like, well, you know, go off and school yourself, Alex, because, you know, Gorgo is kind of a big deal. And sure enough, you're right. I mean, it, it is relatively well respected as a film, you know. It is well-respected. I think that comes down to the directing. And then, I mean, they kept the plot fairly simple. And they kept the fair the characters fairly simple. They kept, it's a close-knit group of characters. They don't, you know, go out for a massive 
group of people or love triangles or anything like that. They just keep it pretty central. Yeah. It's just a good monster yarn. It's a good monster yarn. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, there's no love story at all, is there? It is just two guys trying to get some money and a kid following them. And that's about it. And I mean, it's got 5.6 stars on IMDb, which frankly, for our genre, is a bona fide classic. <laughs> is that good? Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, five and a half stars. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> yes. that, that's phenomenal okay. for, for a monster movie. Yeah. Okay. It got um, 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. But I don't really know. Uh, I'm not I'm not I mean, a Rotten Tomatoes guy. I'm not a either, really, to be honest, but yeah, no. just a bit of useless information to throw out there. Yeah. Mm. I did hear that it was originally going to be filmed elsewhere. Um, so they were going to set it in Japan initially as a homage to Godzilla. Okay. Um, and then they changed, and then they decided actually, no, we'll film it in France. And then finally said, no, actually, we'll do it in Britain. So why are they moving, why are they moving around so much? I don't know. I, I guess because it was, it was produced, wasn't it? But it was like a joint venture between the English, Irish mm. and um, USA film companies. Yeah. And I'm guessing perhaps Japan was maybe too expensive. I don't know why not France. Because I'm assuming they were looking for something iconic to be destroyed. Yeah. So they were thinking, oh, you know, Eiffel Tower or, you know, obviously we have um, Big Ben to be destroyed. I, and Japan was just, yeah, Japan was pretty, perhaps they thought mm, not as well recognised or it might be seen too much of an imitation of Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you could understand them going European instead. <laughs> too much of an imitation of Godzilla. <laughs> so, interesting point. So Gorgo's design it's very Godzilla-esque, and yet it's iconic in its own right. I it think, is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the term Gorgo ears really, I mean, Gorgo has... The ears do stand out. Yeah, they have like the finny, <laughs> you know, like, they're Gorgo ears. And I, th- I think that Gorgo is very generic in a lot of ways, and yet it's just, it's such a simple design, and yet they've tweaked it in certain ways to give it such, it, like, to give it its own character that it really holds up. And Gorgo is Gorgo. It's inter- It's interesting. I'd be curious to like hear from anybody listening to this podcast right now. Um, what do you think like made Gorgo so famous? I like to think that maybe like just its name. It's so simple, or you know, it, it's a decent enough movie, and it's just but it has stayed in that cultural zeitgeist for like so long. Mm. And it just has its own, like, if you're in the kaiju genre, you've probably heard about Gorgo. And it's just interesting. It's just this one-off film, and yet it's it's stayed in there. Like, it has that staying power. I just find it really interesting. And I don't know necessarily, like, if it was a couple of factors that contributed to that, or if it was, like, maybe one or two, mm-hmm. but... It, marketing campaign maybe because there are like a bunch of sort of iconic go-to monster movies when you're kind of looking through on lists i mean i'm sure the two of you are the same as me that when you are sort of thinking uh what film can i look for you 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 type in sort of like you know best monster movies and in like a fairly comprehensive list you'll get the same ones that keep coming up and gorgo usually features in a list it might not be the best but it's regularly kind of it's up there but for me, kind of looking at my notes and sort of doing my background reading of the film, what stands out is just the colour quality seems very good. Yeah. It's nice, yeah. It's, I mean... Like, so visually, and, and that that's a big deal, you know, like, for its time, it, it's visually quite a pretty film, the colour quality. That's it. I think, I think at the time, it, the effects were probably quite impressive, weren't they? Yeah. Full colour and, mm. yeah, the stop motion, stop motion, the... 
slow motion cameras and stuff they used. It's um, yeah, I'm sure it was very well regarded by fans of kaiju back in the day, and it's kind of lived on. Uh, I, I don't know if you know, but there was a, a mini series of comics about it as well, which probably helped keep it going. There was, a, I think, it was 24 comics. Yeah, yeah, you can get for Gorgo that were. Yeah, they were reissued um, last year by IDW Publishing. So, oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so yeah, all the issues were reprinted by um, IDW in, um, I'm sure it's only recently. That's brilliant. I know yeah. you can get it on Amazon. Um, okay. Yeah, it, it's, I don't know, it's just, it, it's a lovely film. Uh, and it was it's on Mystery, it's in the Mystery Science Theatre few thousand as well. What what they, they riffed it, did they? they yeah, they riffed I, Gorgo. Okay. I hear it's fairly infamous on that though, because uh, they only aired it like so many times. And yeah, it, it literally yeah. aired twice, and then the rights expired. Mm. So it's yeah. So another reason, it's... perhaps, why me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is "Get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive." Oh, man. That's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Why? It could be sought it's after. Funny, it's funny navigating the Mystery Science Theater films because I've noticed how, like, as a general rule, they, you know, they cover films that are considered bad and schlocky. Yeah, they go for the... They, Bad. And then, like, at yeah. times they'll go for a film and certain people are being like, hang on a second, it's not that bad a film. Why have you picked that? And it's like, well, you know, <laughs> is Gorgo considered bad enough to be, you know, to be a mystery science theatre kind of film? Because, you know, I mean, for all that I joke about it... I would say no. I, I, well, I don't think so. I mean, I'm, I'm under no illusion that quite a few Toho films, such as Godzilla vs. Um, uh, is it... Is it Megalon. Uh, yeah, Godzilla vs. Megalon was one of the Mystery Science Theatre, <laughs> and the other one is it, is it Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster? Uh, with Ibira. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, so is it Ibira Horror of the Deep? That's, that's its name. But like, yeah, they're both pretty schlocky films. It's understandable, but you know, Gorgo doesn't strike me as schlocky. But it is time for our first break, so let's take a moment. Recently on the Heroes Podcast Network, Echo Station. Well, what's the main, think... what's the main planet that Indoor... The forest moon of Endor. It's a moon. So it's there's a major planet, obviously, that it... Is the forest moon of Endor? Is Endor the actual planet, then? See, th isn't that confusing? <laughs> yes. Is it the forest moon of the planet Endor, or is it the forest moon called Endor? Screen heroes. If the MCU gets that, then I really think that Space Jam needs to be part of the DCEU. Yes! Okay, because... <laughs> they have a big Marvel versus DC crossover where Air Bud takes on Space Jam. Man, we should write for these companies. <laughs> That's it's Air Bud versus Bugs Bunny. That's, That's what it's right. all come down to. One-on-one. -on -one. Yes, done. All right. And then, like, at the end, it's Galactus versus LeBron James. And oh, Squirrel Girl wins. <laughs> Red Shirts and Runabouts. Something we've talked about before, and other people have, but there's, there's so much of real-life history involved with Star Trek. From Gene Roddenberry's days, his time in the military as, as on, on a bomber pilot, as a bomber crewman, you know, James Doohan serving, all these people and all these real-life events that have impacted things. That's very realistic of 
political and military leaders kind of resigning in protest at a decision they can't control? Subscribe today at heroespodcast.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Podcast Addict, and more. Hello, and welcome back to Kaiju Curry House. I am Joe, and I am joined tonight by our other two podcast hosts, Paul and Alex. Tonight, we're talking about Gorgo, and in this second part of our episode tonight, we've decided to examine the questionable behavior in Gorgo, things that people probably shouldn't have done, because <laughs> there is a cavalcade of errors that have happened throughout this film to bring London literally to its knees, and it could have been stopped almost at any point. <laughs> and yet... <laughs> And yet, <laughs> I, I need to make an apology, guys, because Joe, you know, gave plenty of warning. It was like, you know, for our anniversary, let's go and review Gorgo. And Paul and I were like, yeah, let's let's do that. And I'm sat down the other night and I'm like, right, OK, I've got Gorgo loaded up. And, you know, when you're in the mood for a film that you've already seen because you're tired. Does that make any sense? You ever done that? Yeah. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to focus as much, do you? You watched Peppa again, didn't you? <laughs> I, I did not. But it was the fact that I sat down and my, my toddler's not been a player recently. He's been, well, he has been playing the game of 2am wake up. He has been my little kaiju. And I was like, right, you know what? I want a film where if I get pulled away from it, I won't mind. And sure enough, I got interrupted three or four times on Godzilla vs. Gigan, but because I'd already seen it, I wasn't bothered. So I haven't actually seen Gorgo. But then I thought, okay, positive spin, Alex. I can go like, oh, well, you can introduce it to me, guys. You can inform me as the person. No, no, I messed up. So I'm going to let you know I I have not seen Gorgo. So this is my first time hearing this. You've never Never, seen Gorgo? I've never. Never. No, never. Okay. Well, that's it'll, it'll give you something good to watch. Ladies and gentlemen, in a podcast first, you're going to see Alex <laughs> booted off the hosting <laughs> roster. And deservedly, yeah. It's, I feel betrayed. I know. I do feel betrayed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you should, yeah. So, questionable behavior in Gorgo. Plot point number one. Where are this kid's parents and who's supposed to be looking after him? And why the hell have they thought any of his behavior in this entire film was a good thing? I mean, well, isn't that like a standard trope, kind of the kid's sidekick? I mean, if you think second Indiana Jones film, the uh, the little Asian kid, Shorty, isn't he kind of just there with Indiana <laughs> Jones? And it's like, well, who are his parents? Doesn't matter. He's there. He's helping out. Right? Like, isn't that like sort of a, go, a go-to that yeah. you, you have kind of like the, the light relief sort of comical, wisecracking kid? What type of kid is he in this film? He's actually the most level-minded and uh, knowledgeable of all of them. He, he's like the voice of reason in this. Yeah, he's very sensible. And he's just that he's helping. There's um, an, archeolo- an archaeologist. Okay. Um, who, well, really, well I, I say he is. Really, he's after money, but he is um, getting the shipwrecks down from off the, off the island and that little kid is just helping him out around doing day-to-day jobs i think but i don't know yeah, there's no mention of his parents i don't think he's adopted by the guy i think he just works for him that's that's right isn't there joe there's no mention of family yeah well yeah there's just really isn't anything going on here so like again like okay second bit of questionable behavior in gorgo 
So we have this local scholar, uh, archaeologist, I, I'm not sure, harbor master. I mean, he seems to be like kind of a jack of all trades here. I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah. But like, why does he have all of like these priceless Irish heirlooms kind of like kept hidden away in what is essentially his living domicile? I mean, what what's going on here? I, you'd think that like, I don't know, like, University of Dublin or, you know, like any of these places, like, we might want to examine some of these, you know, like, historical artifacts, maybe. No, no, he's just you know, locked away, you know. And then, well, hmm. <laughs> and then our, our two heroes, again, questionable, heroes? you know, like. <laughs> yeah, questionable heroes. Okay, so their names are Sam and Joe, which are quite generic. I, being a Joe, I am one top, and I can say that. So, these two guys, they're wreck divers, and you know they just they want to come around, you know, do their thing, whatever. I mean, they're kind of sleazy, like, like characters in a way, and um, they're out for a buck. You can tell. So again, this harbor master, archaeologist, single father wannabe guy, he's <laughs> just um, <laughs> they they kind of just like like eventually come to him and they're like oh yeah this priceless artifact that you keep locked away this golden chalice yeah, yeah we'll have that for payment maybe a bit more i don't know i do love that <laughs> they flat out blackmail him yeah should like he not call the yeah should he, should he like not call the cops for like blackmailing or were like were the cops no. question him of where this kid came from i don't know <laughs> i don't think they're questioning him i think they're more questioning the amount of stuff he's got in his safe that probably should belong in the museum because clearly he's dodgy they're all dodgy. <laughs> this is the part where whoever's editing this episode throws in the Indiana Jones bit where it's like, it belongs in a museum. It belongs in a museum. So do you. Indiana Jones, the last crusade, <laughs> folks. There we go. So, um, but, okay, so questionable behavior, again, a volcano erupts. Yeah. And when we're watching this volcano erupt, it's not like a subtle explosion, is it, Paul? It's a proper explosion. No, I mean, a volcano comes out of the ocean. Comes out of it. And what? erupts. Oh, yeah, yeah. This thing, like, there's a new yeah. island that basically appears. Like, this is quite a violent volcanic eruption. Like, dead fish everywhere. You know, like, seafloor yeah, is, like, you know, like, yeah. totally, like, torn asunder. All that good stuff. Did anybody in the village move? Nah. <laughs> no, no. It's did, fine. Did anybody, village, did anybody in the village evacuate? No. No. No, I mean, no, 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 no. You've no. made my day because now the next time I'm teaching plate tectonics to my year seven kids, I can legitimately use like a bit of footage. <laughs> watch Gorgo. Yeah, watch Gorgo. I'm like, right, kids, this is a constructive plate boundary. Watch as new land is formed. That's a volcano. Oh, look, Gorgo's on. No, no, it's fine. Like, just, <laughs> just, just sit and watch that. Just take notes, draw some pictures. We're good. We're good. Yeah, yeah. So basically. There's a volcano, and nobody evacuates. Nobody thinks, like, hmm, we should still live here. The volcano also mysteriously just, like, cuts. It just stops erupting. Just stops. That's how it works. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, very, very, I mean, those folks lucked out, didn't they? The guys in the village. Yeah. Anyways, um, questionable behavior number, and we're, we're losing count here, the next thing. <laughs> yeah, the next, the next questionable bit of behavior. So, active volcano, or very recently active volcano. Let's go diving near it. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the water at least be... It'll, it'll be in warm. A boat. You know. Nice and warm. 
Let's open a spa. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's let's go diving in it. All right. It's cool. a bit like a bit yeah. like center a bit like center parks, isn't it? You know. <laughs> Just it, it's pretty much the, exactly the same. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. Complete with the extortionate price <laughs> but, of yeah. beer as well. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So again, questionable behavior. Guy goes missing while diving near active mm-hmm. volcano. It's fine. It's fine. Let's send more divers in to find him. He's probably sleeping. <laughs> so, okay. Next bit of questionable behavior, because, like, how, how far do you think we are into the film, Paul? 15 minutes? We're not, we're not, that, we're not that far. <laughs> I mean, a, a guy literally, one of the divers dies of fright, doesn't he? Or so they say. Dies, yeah, dies, yeah, of, dies fright. of fright. What, yeah. from, He's keep... from seeing the... The sky-high prices of beer at Centre Parks, or from being broiled in the volcanic point? waters, Joe, or from dying of fright of seeing Gorgo's horrific face. What, what? What? How does he die of fright? I don't know. He just—he's just there on the surface of the water, and they go, "Oh, he must have died of fright," because I think he's—he's looks scared. Yeah, and, and obviously they're you know medically trained. Most people that are like dead look asleep to me, but you know, like that—that that mm. could just. I guess it's up to the folks that dragged him out. So anyways, yeah. um, questionable behavior. You're like, okay, this guy died. <laughs> Let's send yeah. more people in. So this is the point where we find out we have a Gorgo on our hands. This large, angry thing, which is hostile towards people. Let's catch it. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Yeah, How should we not? catch it, Joe? How should we catch it? Should we send a man down on his own? And then throw a net on it. Oh, yeah. It has to be a very small bathysphere. Yeah. Again, <laughs> Eugene Laurie here. So in The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, spoiler for Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, the beast eats the guy in the bathysphere, bathysphere and all. So what are we doing, Gorgo, Eugene Laurie? We're going to put a guy in a bathysphere as the bait for the monster. What happens? Well, it, it works. It, yeah, it tries so, to eat him. <laughs> did that fit as a plot point, or was the director guilty of recycling uh, devices, do you think? I don't know how common bathyspheres were in the 1960s, to be fair. No, I guess that's all they had. So do you reckon, like, maybe, maybe he got hold of one and was like, you know what it is? It, like, I need to use this more than once. It's like buying a really expensive Halloween outfit, and you're like, right, no, no, <laughs> next year, I'm going yeah, as this again. Yeah. Well, we're... In theory, you're isolating an actor in the dark murk of the water in a claustrophobic space. You're building tension, and then the critter comes and tries to eat him. Yes. I mean, I suppose that that's like a bit of like horror or drama that you can throw into the film. In Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, it was a bit sad because the lovable professor was the guy that got eaten, and we liked him. But since it's – I think it's Joe in this case, and Joe's kind of a dick, so – yeah, forgive me if I'm wrong, but and you're you he... saying that as a Joe, so like you, you you can speak for all Joes. <laughs> I wouldn't speak on. All of yeah, yeah. I mean, every single Joe ever lived, all Joes. <sighs> yeah, but anyways, um, wasn't uh, yeah. So anyways, they capture this creature. So they have this like prehistoric marvel captured. It's dangerous. They have obviously no permits for it. I mean, like. This is like full Tiger King. They have no exotic animal licenses for Gorgo. <laughs> what are they going to do? Let's sell it. Yeah, of course. They caught, they caught it. Them's the rules. And not only did they like, <laughs> not only did they like not sell it to a reputable organization like a zoo or a museum or anybody that's going to be able to like take reasonable care of it. Nah, circus. They went straight for circus. 
So that was clever. Well, it seemed like they were going to sell it to to the museum or place, weren't they? Originally, uh, that's what it seemed. But they like. didn't the have guy... the money for it. They didn't offer. They didn't offer that amount. See again, that that's like that. No, no, that's so an age-old were... trope, isn't it? In like a lot of these films through the fifties and sixties, of kind of that you go to an exotic place. You find a monster, you capture the monster, and you bring it back, and then it becomes a wonder of the world. It's sort of, it's an exhibition. And I'm guessing that it doesn't end well at the circus. Surprisingly enough. Well, it doesn't (laughs) end well really for anyone. But you know what? We're going to wait just a minute there, okay? So because we haven't gotten to that state part of the film where we're going over questionable behavior. So the kid who is the most intelligent person in this film outside of the scientists from the museum that are like, you know, this thing's just a baby. You might be wary of a parent spoiler. So we aren't listening to the kid. Like, you know, you should just let him go back in the sea. You should just let him be happy. All that great Kenny stuff that we had from Gamera. But anyways, whilst we're transporting the creature, numerous people get hurt. Like What? So they have like this big cargo ship, apparently. They couldn't have put it in the hold or anything. They have to have it out on deck amongst the crew. Yeah. It'd probably be too much hassle to put it under it below deck. Yeah. So, Paul, I'm, I'm going to go to a next point here. Um, do they mention that this creature could be carrying diseases or anything and they're parading it around central London? Yes, they do mention that. Topical, eh? Yeah, yeah. Of course, no one listens to them. But yes, they do yeah. mention, you know... Yeah, it could have yeah. a parent. It could be carrying diseases. Do you know anything about this creature you're bringing into a crowded, like, populated city? Yes. Mm, well, I'm getting paid, so I don't really care. Okay. So, the next point. Um, Mama Gorgo, Ogre, uh, she uh, kind of makes her appearance midway through the film. And she is the Gorgo that everybody thinks of. She is this towering... Yeah. Angry force of nature. She'd be big. Yeah, she'd be big. Oh, Lord, she'd be coming. But anyway, (laughs) like, yeah, exactly. So Mama Gorgo is not standing for this malarkey. She is getting straight to the point. She's just like, where's my baby? So In that voice. She. Exactly that voice, yeah. That's kind of like her roar, honestly. (laughs) But um, yeah, she just trashes the island, doesn't she? Yeah, she just wades through the, I mean, like. She wades through the center of town in true Zilla mm. fashion. Yeah. And questionable behavior, again, nobody picked up a phone and said, oh, Lord, she coming. <laughs> nobody. So questionable Man. behavior after that, maybe a, a plot hole, like the town's destroyed. Like, what's going on? I don't know. But those giant footprints might have something to do with it. I mean, like, there's really no excuse. She came up. Well, they do go to investigate, don't they? They do. Isn't it? I think there's, there's four days we haven't heard from, um, is it Nara Island? And so they send a ship off to check it out. And then I think that ship gets destroyed. She literally is just, <laughs> she, she just walks through town. She doesn't spend a lot of time there. She just moseys through. And just by simple virtue of her being ginormous, she takes a lot out. Hmm. And nobody survived that? Are you kidding me? Like, there's it's a pretty fair-sized village. It's spread out. Nobody? Really? <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, so questionable behavior. Um, after the battleships and depth charges, don't stop Mama Gorgo. Mm. Nobody's phoned the Circus Act to say, you should give baby Gorgo back. We might mm. have an issue on our hands here. 
Yeah. Nobody. They seem quite confident. The military are like, no, don't worry. We'll stop it. We're fine. Which all, which always ends well, doesn't it? The military are always... Did they, though? Well, no, they did. And it's getting closer and closer. And you're thinking, plan B, maybe we should just prepare the baby. Just just, just in case. Just, just in case the military can't quite destroy this creature that we know nothing mm. about. Hmm, maybe. Maybe not. You Let's... know what we need to do? We need to get a member of the armed forces from anybody, any branch, and just have them come on the show and just say, all right, we have, with all the greatest respect... We feel that the military is not being given due justice in any <laughs> kaiju film. Mm. Your thoughts, please. Ramble now for 45 minutes. <laughs> but, all right, so, again, more questionable behavior in Gorgo. So we have the naturalists that have already come and said, you know, the infant is approximately this size because we know it's an infant and it's small. And a big one would be this big how young is it in the very early stages of infancy all right that kind of implies something doesn't it are the naturalists the ones that love that love nature because naturists are the nudists (laughs) have i got that right they weren't nude thank Uh, goodness they thank goodness they aren't naturists because they're they're quite old yeah and wrinkly (laughs) i mean that might be some people's things but you know it it ain't mine anyway like again okay so back on point more questionable behavior in Gorgo. I tried to derail it, it didn't work. <laughs> I know, tried. but it's just, there's just so much. So He's going, he's going. I, th- I think that we actually need, I'm not sure like where we are in the film here, like Mama Ogre is kind of going, but like when they're loading baby Gorgo into its cage at the circus. Yes. <laughs> it gets loose. Of course it does. And they have to use flamethrowers to corral it. Poor baby. You know what, a, you know, yeah, you know what would have been, like, really useful? Tranquilizer. I feel like Tranquilizer probably could have... Well, helped. they tranquilized it, didn't they? It was tranked, and then that member of the press comes along, snaps a picture, the flash wakes it up, and they were just did, they had no plan whatsoever, did they? Apart from, I suppose, the flamethrowers must have been on hand to ward it back. Yeah, because you can just get... Oh. How, how were they going to move it into the cage? Because they kind of dumped him on the ground... And then what? Do they just roll him in? And what was their plan? You know, I'm going to go back farther than that. Um, question for the people in the British in the British side of things in this podcast. Okay. So you can't get you can't get a gun in London, can you? Mm-hmm. Not easily. Where did the circus get flamethrower? Where no. did the circus get flamethrowers from? It was the '60s. It was. A oh, it was, it was a time. Yeah, it was a different time. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but before you moved over <laughs> here, Joe, you could get flamethrowers. Yeah. So you could so you could just get so if you were working at a circus, it was perfectly reasonable yeah, yeah. to get a flamethrower for practical applications. Yeah, of course. Yes. yes. Yeah. No one would ask the people at the circus like, <laughs> what you using the flamethrower for? Nope. <laughs> they probably knew that the creature was coming and thought it was fine. Nah, it's probably like I'm gonna write Don't I mean, think about it. Yeah, I in, I mean I'm coming up with all sorts of terrible things in my head right now. Worry more that there's a child that snuck aboard a ship. With the creature and just, just keeps trying to get into mischief. I know, poor baby Gorgo is stuck aboard a ship with with Joe. Show, showing how sheltered and British I am, I don't think I've ever seen a gun shop in my life. Paul, have you? Not a not not a, like a massive one, but I've seen some like in the in the sticks where there's like the not shotguns. Ma- like, like a stall, just like oh, just on on the street, not a massive one, just like a little vendor, just like a yeah, all right, here's some ham. Yeah, a little vendor, like like a newspaper stand, <laughs> yeah, you know, for handguns. 
Not a massive guns one. Guns for sale. Yeah, yeah. Guns for sale. <laughs> no, only BB guns. Um, that's the you know the biggest things I've yes. seen at a stall. Um, um, no, definitely no 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 flamethrowers. Unfortunately, no. And Someone I, asked me. I, well, well, yeah, obviously. Uh, America. <laughs> <laughs> Let me Joe, Joe have you ever point. have you ever like have you ever been to a gun store, Joe? Some friends of mine and I, we walked across the street, not fr- to Walmart, but from Walmart, we walked across the street into a gun store, and um, it was really funny because it was one of my British friends, and they just walked in the store with me, and they're like, oh wow, I'm like oh check this out, yeah, you can buy a used AK forty seven. That's that's perfectly legit. How much? Oh, how much did it cost? How much sweet. did it cost? Two hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah. And they were handling yeah. it. Price po- of an X plus figure. Yeah, yeah, they they were handling it and posing yeah. with it and everything, and they felt really good. And I just whispered in his ear, "Your fingerprints are on that now." Ah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, that's our segue for the break, and then we'll return and we'll finish Two off. more for... questionable behavior, because we're no, not no, no, done I with want, the I film want yet. more gun stories. <laughs> I want more gun stories. More gun stories, yeah. I want more <laughs> stories about Paul going to gun benders, like fruit and veg sellers. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing Peacock, the new free streaming service from NBC Universal. It's hit movies, current shows, live sports, trending bits, and timeless hits. And that's why you can't not watch. Peacock, watch for free, upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. Law and Order SVU streaming now. Hello again, welcome back to the final part of Kaiju Curry House. We have been chatting about Gorgo. My name's Alex. We're joined by Paul and Joe, who's leading the conversation about guns and Gorgo and Mama Ogre. And questionable behavior in Gorgo. Indeed. So we haven't finished up, and I think we haven't even gotten to the final act of the film. where We've had just an enormous amount of questionable behavior. Should we skip to the final yeah, act? let's just skip to the final act. <laughs> so I have a huge bone to pick with the populace of London in this film. They're all running in the same direction that the creature's walking. That's what they do in all films. I just feel like that's a very poor decision because <laughs> it's going to take longer strides than you. And uh. yeah, but when in a monster film does someone think, oh, "I'll just go down this alleyway"? They always just walk straight, don't they? They always just follow the way the creature's going. Maybe it's because I watch these films. You know, they they say that you're less likely to succumb to the bystander effect if you're aware of the effect. So maybe because I watch kaiju films and I think like I'm like watching these films from an early age, like why are they all running in the direction of like where this thing is going? Why don't they run off to the side and just get away? Yeah, I often wonder that. Nobody nobody thinks of these things. So I mean, like if I was ever going to make a kaiju film, like that's one of the things that like I make the populace like reasonably intelligent. Like let's not run in the same direction because like. What what if like the people like behind the creature were running in the same direction as the creature? They'd look even more ludicrous. But yet the people that are in front of the creature are just running in the same direction as the creature. Well, let's say it's just it's panic, and they're going with everyone else. They're sheep. 
speaking seriously for a moment, I do feel like as a rite of passage down the line, we will have to eventually write our own kaiju movie. Like, that is the natural progression for us. That that has to happen. We need to make a film. Any producers that are listening, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And there needs to be a gun shop in it. That's, yeah. Oh, yes. With a redneck firing at the kaiju. Let's go to guns and ammo. Yes. Yeah. And it's not working, by the way. Or 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 maybe the redneck scores that one vital hit that renders it, you know, like dead. <laughs> Who knows? Mm-hmm. Well, but yeah. Well, while we're picking bones, I just want to say why, and it's not just Gorgo, but why can the military not shoot straight? There's a giant creature, and even my eldest walked past and he goes, "Why are they firing into the air?" It's like I don't know. There's a giant creature in front of them, and they're shooting to the left and right. What? What is it? Is hmm. it the special effects? Can they not? get the miniatures to shoot straight or is that just a thing? Because stormtroopers always kind of have the the attack on them, don't they? If they're kind of not able to shoot. But I think it's just generally military can't shoot in these films, which is pretty insulting to them. Well, I think it's the fact that a lot of like these old missiles and whatnot were just like glorified, you know, like firecracker rockets or, you know, like fireworks. They they were clearly fireworks, weren't they? So... You could you could see the little stick sometimes. Yeah, they're 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 meant to go straight up, not necessarily be fired at something. Mm. I mean, like a lot of kids <laughs> in the states will fire them at people, but you know. I mean that I noticed that when I was watching Godzilla vs. Gigan the other night, because there's a point when anger is kids firing fireworks at people. Yes. Wow. Y- yes, literally. We have to rewatch this film. Well, literally that. Yeah, it's it's, it's a cracker. Yeah. And firecracker. Fi- firecracker yeah. <laughs> and when Angerus lands on the um, like on the bay or like on the, on the coast of one of the Japanese islands where it's attacking, they start firing at it and it just looks a bit like they are firing fireworks at its feet <laughs> and around it. And it's like, yep, yeah. Angus <laughs> has arrived and the military yeah, have you've... fired fireworks. And... I feel, I feel like they would have recognized at this point, the Japanese military, like they've had enough monster attacks yeah. by the set, by like the shower seventies, <laughs> you know, like it, it feels like it's once a yeah. year, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, all of these missiles going off have to be causing their own collateral damage. Would it not just make more sense not to rile up the giant monster, let it do its thing, not you know instigate it, mm. have less collateral damage via our own weaponry, mm. and just like leave happily enough alone? I mean, it must be terrible being an insurance company in Shawa, Japan. But you know, well, I mean, you just would move, wouldn't you? You're not going to live in Japan if every year a monster comes. Or I wouldn't. You could have like a proper sort of um, highbrow academic paper about mitigation versus adaptation. You know, should we be trying to stop the monsters attacking or should we be learning to live with them? Like like, like sort of flood defences versus, well, land zonation. We need to move people away from it, you know. <laughs> but sort of have land zonation for kaiju. No, no, no they, they attack on the coast. So, you know, move further inland, that kind of thing. What, what are we waving at? Hello? Ladies and gentlemen, Alex has been abducted by aliens. What? They're probably cockroach people. If not, they could be people in poor gorilla spacesuits. We do not know at this time. Please stand by for more information about Gorgo. <laughs> Can you not hear me? We have been left alone, Paul. Well, okay. <laughs> Should we just finish talking about it then? Um, but yeah, I mean, behaving questionably in Gorgo... Uh, final act, final act. So we know that Mama Gorgo wants the baby. That is her sole reason. Yeah, I think it's quite clear. It's quite yeah. clear, even from the middle of the film. We clearly have a government <laughs> with like battleships and soldiers and 
additional nets and flamethrowers at their disposal. Yeah, I mean, even the circus have flamethrowers. So yeah, you know, the military should be fully armed. Yeah, so I don't even know. The military might have lasers for all we know. But the thing is, I mean, the Japanese <laughs> military had lasers by this time. I mean, watch the Godzilla shower films. But why didn't at any point people just give the baby back? Because he's property of the circus and... The guy wants his money. He's being reassured by the military that they're going to take care of it. So I, I'd be really curious to find out what happens to that guy. Um, like Joe oof. and the circus guy and every idiotic person in that transaction from Baby Gorgo to circus, they have got to be up the creek yeah. without a paddle. They're up the Thames without a paddle. They're probably fair. <laughs> they're probably not remembered fondly. I, I mean, like, are we looking at prison here? I mean... I I don't think so. I mean, the guys caught Gorgo and sold it to the circus. So I don't think they're really... It's morally, morally wrong, but I don't think they can be in trouble for it. And the circus owner... Again, did he? Why did no one ask for him to give give the creature over? Why did the military not come and do anything with the creature? I think it was really like stupid of them to have a giant lit up sign that said Gorgo right above it, so that the <laughs> mother knew exactly where to look. Well, the creature can't read. <laughs> I don't think the the mother was going oh, like Gorgo this way. How do you know, Paul? <laughs> How do you know? I you're right. I don't. I know. mean, like. I, I feel no like idea. you're making a big assumption there. I'm, yeah. I mean, so it followed it followed it all along the ocean by the water that was washed off the creature, and then I'm guessing what it followed the scent or something. Because I, yeah, I don't believe it could see the signs. I'm, I'm going to go with scent. Oh, one thing I will say though, I really do like the use of like lit up red eyes. Both the mother and the baby have. Oh, they were cool. Vivid red eyes with a black iris. That was pretty cool. And they kind of glow, don't they? Yeah. I mean, they are the, ah. like the evil glowing eyes. Despite, I mean, Gorgo's not evil. It's, you know. It's just, it's just, just a creature. creature. Yeah. It's, and it's not even, a, it's not even destroyed. It's, it's going to its child and then leaves. It's not malicious. The, yeah. The she's, creature does, the creature does nothing wrong at all. I mean, like power to female she, kaiju she, everywhere. Yeah. She comes in, rescues the kid, takes a load of shit, gives it back even better, gets it done, and then promptly leaves the situation without causing additional drama. Yeah, she's a good mama. Well done. Good mama kind Well done, Ogre. Well done. Yeah. So I think we're going to wrap this one up. Again, oh, I... Sorry. I was going to say, so what do you feel about the effects? Obviously, it's the 60s, so it's quite old. I believe at the time they were quite decent. I think the effects are really solid. I think the fact that the, there were a few artistic decisions that were made in this film, and you can tell why they were made. So we've gone to color rather than black and white. Black and white hit a lot of evil, evils. Because if you superimpose images on top yeah. of one another, shadows, black lines, they kind of break up. So one of the problems that sure. uh, Star Wars had with stop motion miniatures, if you look at the original cuts with the Rancor, there's a black line, kind of a shadow where the image is overlaid to the one of the actors. So... When okay. you try and hide miniature special effects or overlaying anything, you need to have a dark palette in order to hide your special effects, so to speak. That's why a lot of monster films okay. happened at night or, you know, like they're black and white or what have you. So what Gorgo does exceptionally well is it works off of like the colors of like dark blue, red and black. And they're using fire and shadows, the time of day, and then... And natural color palettes that you'll find at night or underwater to hide its special effects. So I think that they did a really great job being aware that color is going to change the you know way that they play that game. 
At the same time, the miniatures and the way that those scenes are integrated, um, because this is a pseudomation film, Gorgo and Mama Ogre, they are both like person in a suit. And they're they're done in such a way, I mean, one of the things that's just canny is the Big Ben scene where Mama Ogre just Oh I love that. Yeah, she just takes a swing yeah, at it. Like just, no. That's great. Something, nothing's gonna be taller than me. Down you go. So <laughs> <laughs> that miniature, when you watch it crumble apart, it is so inc- intricate, and they actually built it up that way to crumble in a specific way to make it look natural. And I think they did a really, oh, really okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So buildings being destroyed. Um, I mean, like miniatures. So people watch a lot of the Godzilla films, the Gamera films, and they'll just assume like, oh yeah, you know, like seventy Shawa Godzilla, those miniatures, you know, those are grand. So they had. Uh, their budgets were getting more and more restricted as time went on. Godzilla wasn't necessarily drawing the crowd that he used to. So when you watch Terror of Mechagodzilla and Mechagodzilla like blows up a city block with his finger missiles, you see the entire block like blow up. And that's because the miniature like shook, like the whole table or the whole platform shook. And <laughs> right, okay. it doesn't exactly give that feeling of reality. But if we go yeah, to yeah. the start in Godzilla 1954, Gojira, you can see the buildings crumbling away in a very realistic manner. There was even furniture inside of those buildings to make it more realistic. There were rooms inside of those buildings. The intricacies that they made to make those buildings crumble and fall apart realistically was there. So that same love and attention to detail was given to Gorgo. And you can see all the miniature set pieces in Gorgo being destroyed along a similar line. So I think that the film Absolutely. has a lot going for it in that sense because Big Ben, like that tower, it, it's quite intricate when you look at it. That's why people go and see That's it. A, yeah, you, it, yeah, it falls apart. And when he's, and he's rampaging she, through the streets she. and the, the, the buildings, as you say, they look genuine. She's rampaging through the streets and bits of like the bricks are falling off. It's not yeah. like some thin piece of cardboard or, or something that's just falling apart it is genuine brick and it looks that part where she's destroying the city looks fantastic you say the flames are there and the crumbles there it's the firing like like they're firing the guns and they just kind of exploding on the screen that i thought that hasn't aged very well the or but the actual miniature work looked fantastic the other thing is the orange color palette that they gave the sky like during that night when she's going through her rampage that that's really great and then when we have Joe and the little boy running through the street and Joe's trying to save the kid. I mean, it's a bit of a harrowing experience because they're in the thick of it too. So you have the, you know, like the withdrawn viewpoint, like you have other people and you have scenes where you're just watching Ogre do her thing as she's wading through central London. But at the same time, you get to be in the thick of it with those two characters and they're going through it. They're yeah. going into the subway, like into the underground and everything That's it, too. Because normally you just see the crowds run. Yeah. It's, so it was nice to see it, as you say, at, at such a ground level. And they're not just running in the crowd. They are actually, they're fighting against it, trying to get to the, to the poor kid who, who for some reason wants to watch. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> Mama come to we town. were all kids watching this film. I mean, you can't blame the poor guy. But <laughs> it, it is, it, the effects were remarkably solid for the time. And you got to think like this. Yeah, yeah. Considering it's sixty yeah, years you old, you got to think this is nineteen sixty-one that this film was released. Yeah. So if you want to look at a comparable Godzilla film, so Godzilla versus Kong was nineteen sixty-two. Okay. So if you want to compare 
color effects to color effects. Look at Godzilla versus Kong. Yes, yeah, a good. Which they put some effort into that film. I mean, that's a that's a decent Godzilla show of film. However, if you look at Gorgo by contrast, like that's a really really solid film. So there there was definitely a lot to be said for Gorgo and its effects and the way that they were handled. They were they were made to look pretty realistic. I think the soundtrack gives a little bit to it too. Um, you have a lot of great string instruments like going on uh, when Gorgo's like going through its rampage, or like when it comes on, like when it makes landfall on the Irish island in the middle of the night. Like that whole scene was filmed pretty beautifully, and I think the miniature work, like Gorgo's head, like the big Gorgo's head, just like rising out of the water. Ah, uh, the water, yeah, that's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, and it's and it's and it's streaming off, and yeah. it's just like it's not it's not coming all the way out. It kind of sits there like a crocodile for a little bit. Its ears wiggle a little bit, and you see like those big red eyes open. And you're like, shit's about to go down here. <laughs> Someone's pissed. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, I mean it's quite crocodile-like, isn't it? Actually, because it hasn't got spines on the back. It's kind of almost like a like plated, isn't it? Yeah, some plating. Whatever. Yeah. No, it's really good. After watching the film only earlier this week, I was watching. I was thinking to that creature. It looks because for suitimation. It looks really, really it good. Looks solid. And I've got my lovely, I've got my lovely print from Matt Frank of Gorgo fighting Titanosaurus. Mm-hmm. You know, and he looks really cool. She looks really cool in that. And then I thought, I'll see if there's any models. And so I was like googling on eBay, and the models just don't look as good as when it's in motion. And I just couldn't find any cool looking sculpts of it. I don't know if you've ever come across any. Oh yeah, I'll send you a few. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of my. That's kind of like <laughs> that's my your thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, but. Um, no, Gorgo is remarkably solid as a creature design. And one of the things that I really like about her is that, or Mama Ogra, is that she has massive taloned hands. Like, yes, they're sharp. If, if anybody got into a fist fight with Ogra, she's going to knock him out. Like, when you look at Godzilla's hands, like, he's got, like, these dinky little claws. <laughs> Where, like, Mama Ogre, like... Yeah, proper claws. She's got some, like, proper, (laughs) like... like, Yeah, razor talons. Thick, like, gonna slap you around talon hands. Like, she's she's got the business going on there. And, yeah, she... she, Like, it's just a very robust kaiju design. I mean, the other thing, too, is that uh, Ogre is much bigger than a lot of the Shawa Godzilla uh, monsters. She's physically much taller and quite a few. I mean, like she's she's right up there. Okay. But uh, yeah, she's she's big and she's bad, and she's she's definitely got a menacing presence. Granted, I'm, I'm sure she's perfectly amicable as long as she has her kid. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, as long as you don't take her children, she'll be fine. Yeah, there you go. So, why do you think Gorgo didn't get a sequel? It didn't need one. Yeah, you just think great standalone. I just wondered. I mean, yeah, that that's that's probably why it didn't fade into infamy because they just left it on a good note, like. London wasn't happy, but Gorgo was happy. I mean, like, what more do you have to add? The second she got her kid, she left. And nobody's going to make that mistake again. So there we are. Okay. Would you like to see it remade? Because <sighs> um, I, I, I would. I was watching it. I was thinking, do you know what? It holds up. But there's so many parts now that I think, obviously, that'd be so much easier to be done better. And it's about time we had some British kaiju. So I would like to see... Obviously, I'm probably the one to say that. But I'd like to see a CGI Gorgo destroying London. I'd like to see what they could, you know, add with the modern day army and the effects. 
in in a way it kind of ha- it kind of was remade in the 90s there was a made for me tv movie gargantua and it focused on mm, yeah i don't mean a made for tv movie <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I mean, like, hear me out, though. I mean, it had, like, the CGI and everything, and parts of it were pretty good, and parts of it were pretty bad, but it did have a very Gorgo-esque feel. Um, there was a baby, an adolescent, a mama, and a daddy family of monsters. Okay. Um, the baby never got captured. It was just scampering around. The adolescent did get captured, and it had a scent trail in the water, you know, like, plop, plop. Oh, yeah, of course. The mama came looking for it. The military took mama down. Oh. And then daddy came. Ooh, and daddy excellent. was and daddy was a much more gnarly beast. I mean, in a sense, it kind of was with that film, but Gorgo, there's just something like a bit of a magic. Like, would you want to see the Goonies remade? Or um, does or does Tremors need to be remade? No. I think that there's something in there's something in like seeing the film. And you know, it does have like older special effects. It is a bit grainy in scenes, like it, like some references don't necessarily hold up. It's kind of like Jaws. Like the shark looks fake, but you believe it. There's yeah. that suspension of d- disbelief because you're so amped up on the thrill. Whereas Gorgo is just a fun ride. It's just a really nice, solid film, and it's just enjoyable. It could be remade, but how are you going to capture the joy? I mean, it's got such a simple plot already. I mean, like you, you'd have to add something to bring it fresh or whatever, but you wouldn't want to do that. Well, perhaps just because it's because it's so old now. There must be there's so many people that have never heard or seen of Gorgo. Even kaiju fans such as Alex hasn't seen Gorgo, so it could be quite a cheap license to get. Could be, could be. Who knows? Maybe it'll go into the MonsterVerse. That'd be cool. I don't know. It's a Metro Metro Golden Meyer uh, MGM film, so ah, don't know. Okay. Probably not then. Yeah, different licensing, but. Uh, who knows? If someone from MGM is listening, you know, go ahead. Give it a go. Anyway, it's about time to wrap this podcast up uh, for our listeners. So we're going to end this uh, segment with, if nothing else, Paul, if nothing else. If nothing else, in line with the whole discussion of Gorgo, I'm going to recommend our listeners go onto YouTube and search for Ichiban by Ash, which um, is one of their singles and the music video is made entirely from the gorgo film just cut up into a music video it doesn't go along with the song at all but it's quite amusing to see the scenes from gorgo played out to their music nice so that's me yeah so joe if nothing else i'm going to give two if nothing else's tonight oh go for it so the first one is it is our anniversary folks we've been on a year Please look through our back catalog. Let us know which episodes you liked. It's great. We love hearing from you. And we just generally have fun doing this. So give us a shout. The other thing that I'm going to recommend, whether you can find it on YouTube, Vimeo, whatever, just give it a look into Google. There was a short film made. It was kind of a comedy, but it's called Waiting for Gorgo. And basically what it's about is these two old fellas, uh, they're the last remnants of kind of a monarch-esque uh, department that uh, the UK government set up. And it's their job to just keep track of Gorgo. And this woman comes in and she's basically making them redundant. Like, guys, why are you actually here? <laughs> and like they're telling her like, oh, yeah, we're here for Gorgo. You know, Gorgo the monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, I think I heard about that. Wasn't that a movie it's like oh yeah they did that <laughs> it was a documentary and like and she's like i, I don't 
think that it was. And anyways, it's it's really funny, and then it has a great twist of an ending. So give that a watch. It was quite enjoyable. Um, you know, you get about two-thirds of the way through it, and you're like, oh, man, I kind of feel bad for these guys. But then the end is the payoff. So if you like Gorgo, uh, please give that a watch. Also, check out the comic. The comic's fun, too. Many rousing adventures after the debacle in uh, London. So, you know, fun times. And then also, I suppose, you know, to add, throw another one in here because I'm a Gorgo fanatic, uh, check out our print that was done very kindly by Matt Frank. It is Gorgo, Ogre, or, you know, a member of their species facing off with Titanosaurus or a member of its species. And it's really fun. And that was our exclusive print for our first KaijuCon. So there you are. But thank you very much for listening, folks. It's been a fabulous year, and we don't know what we do without you. And as always, keep it kaiju. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe. See you next time. Hello, it's me. I'm back. Um, heaven knows what was going on there. Some tomfoolery on the part of my internet. So I got separated. The crazy thing was I said to Paul and Joe, right, lads, tonight I will be done by 10 p.m. sharp. And then my internet broke down at one minute past ten. So I looked a colossal dick because it looked a bit like I was saying, right, that's your lot, ten o'clock, I'm gone. But actually, no, it was just my internet playing up. So they're like, where's Alex? What's ha- what's happened? Oh, wow, he's, he's, no, he meant it, he's gone at ten o'clock. Cheers, Alex. No, no, I was having technical issues. So what I've done is I wasn't there for the last part of the episode, but I've recorded this separately and I've... T- like tagged it on the end if nothing else because it was easter on the day that we were recording which was the sunday as easter falls usually that that's how it works um my if nothing else is i want you to check out 1972's the night of the lepers check out that film if you watch the trailer they say the night of the lepers about six different times just in case you're not certain what the film is so that film is 1972's the night of the lepers it's about the night of the lepers starring the night of the lepers thank you very much keep it kaiju goodbye Thanks for joining us at the Curry House today. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, consider subscribing or giving us a like. And if you want to get in touch, you can do so at UK Kaiju on both Twitter and Facebook. Thanks very much and keep it Kaiju. There were probably chips without gravy and he had to go and rectify the situation. Oh, yeah. Actually, oh, no, Greg's has just reopened. That's it. Yeah. Are you lying right now? (laughs) I'm lying right now, yeah. (laughs) Okay, because I know a lot of people that would really be excited about that. Yeah. No, no. It hasn't, I'm afraid. I feel feel like, so, way to totally derail the program, Alex. Oh, here's the message. This is it. He's just derailing. This is what he he likes to derail. Oh, Alex's internet has just left. Cool. So, um, so where where did he get up? What was he saying? Or do we just cut that bit out? I don't know. We're gonna have to cut a few bits out and edit this heavily. Yeah. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. 
Oh, man. That's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So, three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Phone via 24-monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com.